Two years, A.K., after Kaylee. What makes you think he'll come? Sabine swept her long, dark hair over one shoulder and leaned closer to read the message I'd just typed on my phone. Her leg was pressed against mine from knee to hip, and the warmth of her skin through both layers of denim was a temptation I would normally have given into with feverish abandon. But that day, I had a good reason to resist. He's my brother. I clicked send on the text and set my cell on the coffee table. Sabine took my hand and threaded her fingers with mine, her glittery gray nail polish glinting in the overhead light. He's also a reaper. You can never be sure what a reaper will do. The same could be said for Sabine, the only Mara I'd ever met. But unlike my brother, my girlfriend became a little easier to understand every day. I only knew one thing for sure about Todd. She said he would always be there for me, and he won't make a liar out of her. He'll come. Sabine exhaled slowly. Her grip on my hand tightened, and for the millionth time I wished I could read what she was feeling in her eyes. She usually said exactly what she was thinking, but interpreting the emotions behind those words was sometimes difficult, because Amara's irises don't swirl. That's a banshee trait. It always comes down to St. Kaylee, doesn't it? She said at last. For Todd? Yes. And for you. Her voice carried a complex blend of jealousy, resentment, and guilt. Sabine, it's okay, she said. But as usual, the truth was more complicated than that. I love you. I slid my fingers into her hair at the base of her skull and pulled her closer for a kiss. If I hadn't just texted my brother, I'd show you exactly how much I love you in exquisite detail. But I can't pretend she never existed, no matter how it started out. In the end, she was a good friend to us both. I know, Sabine said, and the truth of that echoed in her voice. She's gone, and I miss her too. That screechy little martyr had a way of getting under your skin. And staying there. That was the thing about Kaylee. She had staying power. Death had come for her twice before her 17th birthday, and she'd come out on top both times. In the end, she gave up her own life to protect everyone she cared about. That was the only way death could keep her, on her own terms. But death's emissary, my own dearly departed brother, had lost her for good. Even two years later, he was not taking the loss well. Hey, college boy. Todd said, and Sabine laughed when I squeezed her hand in surprise. He'd been dead for four years, but I never got used to the sudden stealthy appearances. You texted? This better be important. That Twilight Zone marathon isn't going to watch itself. I turned toward his voice and found my brother slouched in our dad's old armchair, which my mom had hauled from house to house after his death. That chair was the biggest reminder of him left. I couldn't decide whether it was ironic or appropriate that my undead brother now sat in it, with one leg thrown over the threadbare arm. He'd been almost 18 when he died, trim and fit from football, an interest we'd shared, but much fairer than I. Todd had our mother's blue eyes and blonde curls, while I looked more like our dad. 
In the almost four years since his death, I'd surpassed my brother in height, while he'd remained frozen at the peak of perfection, in his own words. I have a message for you. I leaned forward on the couch and held his bored gaze. From Levi. Todd frowned, dark blonde brows drawing low beneath a mop of pale curls.